Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Bang Gang Podcast. I'm your host, Colt Pena, and today we have a very sexual episode for you. All right, we're going to do something a little special, okay? So uh, just prepare. Today we have Zach joining with us. Uh, he's our, our co-host. And then we have uh, Nate Adamski back another week. We kept him chained up. All right, we haven't been feeding him. He's hungry. He's ready to <laughs> get in here with some quips. Uh <laughs> He's our little slave boy now, and that leads us into our next uh, our guest this week. He's gonna they're gonna teach us how to deal with the slave boy. Um, they are Celine Remy and Kevin Anthony. All right, they're a power couple. They are the host of the Love Lab podcast and co-creators of Sexual Power and Mastery. They're gonna teach us all about sex, holistic sexologists, and uh, our bodies. Why don't you guys say hello? Hi everyone! It's pretty exciting. We have no idea what we're getting into, but we're ready. Oh, sex. <laughs> I thought we were talking about gangbangs, but then I realized the words were reversed, and so now I have no idea what we're talking about. Well, gangbangs will come up, I promise you. But first, I I had asked our fans, our loyal fans. Um, we're made up mostly of incels. I don't know if you guys know what those are, but um, so that is our fan base, and. The, mo the most received question that we got for you guys um, is basically, is there a G-spot? It's a, a myth. Oh, this is a great question. So I'm going to let you start with that one, although either of us could answer it. <laughs> the short answer is yes, uh, there is an area. And it's not so much of a spot. Mm -hmm. I would call it more of an area. And it can vary a little bit depending on the women and the shape, the anatomy. One of the reasons that a lot of people think that it's a myth is because not every woman feels something when it gets stimulated because mm -hmm. maybe because of trauma, maybe because, well, she just has not been awakened yet and it's dormant and it needs a little bit of stimulation. Maybe no one has found the area yet and they're just like, hey, scratch that itch. And you know, <laughs> nothing has happened I know, yet. I know Colt has and, not found the area yet, so... <laughs> we don't have any fans it's just me i is i think it's a myth i don't believe in it so he doesn't he doesn't know i don't know do men my, have a g my dad is, is that a thing too that's a that's a question that i need to learn for myself uh just for personal reasons it's the back of your throat i thought is it? <laughs> well i don't want to insult anyone here but if you if you think that the G-spot doesn't exist, you definitely have a few things to learn in the bedroom. Yeah, Zach. <laughs> I told you. You got to find it. I know all about the G, and it's a G area. It's not a G-spot, Colt. Oh, I know all about yeah. it. I had a friend in high school who was just one big G area. Like, you just poke him, and he just kind of squirmed. He's, he squirted a little bit. Uh -huh. He had orifices all over. Oh, God. He's, that's so gross. Just one giant. I call him G-boy. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Selena, Kevin, I have another question, okay? Um, you know, everyone's everyone's always like, you know, how big's too big? I want to know, for my sake, how small is too small? <laughs> Kevin, I think you're up for that one. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. shit. Yeah. Oh, no, that's not what that meant. Oh, no, dude. <laughs> wow. wow. It's all love. It's all love. Right under it's the all love. Okay, so... How small is too small? Really, the answer to how small is too small is similar to the answer of how big is too big. In other words, is it depends on the woman. 
So you can have a relatively small penis and still give a woman great pleasure in the bedroom because it's not so much about the size. In fact, the depth of a woman's vagina varies from woman to woman, and she really only has nerve endings and feelings. I think it's what, about five inches in? I, I can't remember the number of inches, but it's roughly about five inches, <laughs> from, if I recall correctly. And so the reality is, is, if you have an eight inch penis, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're giving that much more stimulation. Now, if you do have a longer penis, you will hit other spots because there are other spots than just the G spot, which maybe a smaller penis might not hit in certain positions. Yeah, but when you think about it, to bring it back to the G spot that we talked about earlier, or that area, it's it's about like an inch in up towards the pubic bone. So Hell you really yeah. would have to be really, really small to not hit that. Like so I think really small. You know, like they were saying that even a micro penis that's which was like I think two point what two point five inches was considered the micro penis could still oh, lead fuck. a woman to an orgasm. So you know, I mean as a woman I'm gonna be really honest. I've had really small and I had bigger and it's really all matter of preferences. And really small if you don't know how to use it or if you are very self-conscious about it, it will be a problem. However, I've met men who had small penises who were like, I'm, I know how to use my hands, I know how to use my mouth, and I know how to use my dick, and I know how to do it well. Hell and yeah. that confidence and, and being able to like be fully present in your cock and being there <laughs> made the difference and bigger is not better because bigger is it can be painful it can hit the cervix too too hard too soon the guy can't always go as much in as he would want because she's like not um she's not deep enough, deep enough for it mm -hmm. so they actually make make donuts donuts for that to take <laughs> up the extra space oh my gosh that's awesome zach what do you think about that what what do you think about what do you mean that what, wait I asked that question they for a, you. They make, a, they make a donut to fill what extra spot? I'm sorry, I, I was horrified. <laughs> well, so what can happen is if your penis is too long and the vagina is not that deep, you can only go in so far before the head of the penis will literally hit the cervix. And then there's still a gap between you and the woman. In other words, your pubic bones aren't touching. So you can't get into that like really hard kind of vigorous pounding sex without causing some some real pain for the woman. So they actually make a donut that you put around. It's like a spacer. That's, that's, that's awesome. A yeah. donut. Like I'm just trying to visualize it. It's like, probably like a, uh, I don't know. I picture it like a, it's like a dog toy. It's like a donut looking thing. And it's like ribbed on the inside. Yeah, sort of. We have. I think we have one on our website, don't we? We have. We we have an affiliate for uh, a donut for some of the larger men because we have actually had people ask us like, "What do we do? Because I'm too big and I cause her pain." And mm -hmm. it actually makes a difference. It can take the pain away, which may, then makes it much more enjoyable, and then both can have good sex again. Damn, man! Wow. What happens when your brother calls you bragging <laughs> about him ripping a girl in half? What the fuck? That's not not the case. I don't know. I've called gotten that out. once or twice. Called... Yeah, Nate? Called out. Oh, called. Okay, so I, I had a question for Nate. Um I think I think it was Kevin. He said vagina, and I heard a giggle. 
Yeah, I giggle at vagina. I have to no. <laughs> <laughs> you not, it's not. It's it's not that he said vagina. I think it's it's the way he said vagina that made me giggle. Kevin, can you say vagina one more time for us? Vagina. <laughs> all, right, all right, it's pretty good. I like that. I like that. Um, so I had a so one question. Um, how did you guys meet, Celine and Kevin? Um, we met at a sex party. Oh, okay. Tell okay. So, how did you guys find a sex party? Do you have extra invites? And uh, tell me, yeah, tell me, tell me all about it. Well, this particular sex party was being hosted by a mutual friend who used to host regular sex parties, and we didn't actually know each other at that time. We were both actually with different partners, but we very clearly remember. I remember. I was sitting at a table and I heard some people come through the door and this was before the sex party really got started. And I turned around and I saw Celine and her partner at the time walk in. And the first thing I thought was, who is she and why don't I know her? <laughs> Ooh, I still love hearing that. Um, <laughs> I remember seeing Kevin be like, oh, this is such a hot guy. I hope he's Polly because back then we were in open relationships. Oh, okay. And so I was like, oh, I hope his partner is open for like some play and thing and I can like have some fun here. So for sure. <laughs> and now uh, we don't have any special invites. And um, well, all, all sex parties were put on hold for the last uh, year. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> So none of, none of that going on these days. There was one that got shut down. I think it was in Vegas. I want to say. Did you guys hear about that? It was like a no. It was like a big, huge sex party, and like uh, they got shut down, and they had to pay like a bunch of fines because of coronavirus. And uh, but they they were they're still they're still it's like a speakeasy almost. But What's the difference between a sex party and an orgy? Huh. Good question. I guess it all depends on the intention, well, right? <laughs> well, I feel like are there oh, if there's candles, it's an orgy. <laughs> and if it's if it if and it's if just a like... big black room with like a mattress on the floor, that's a sex party. Well, technically, uh, I believe orgy means that everybody's having sex with everybody, and at a sex party, that's not necessarily the case. Oh. <laughs> okay, now we're getting into bang gang getting territory the, and the gang meat, bang territory. The meat and potatoes. Um, okay. I I learned a lot. I yeah, this is very interesting. I went to a um, I was in Berlin and I went to this nightclub called Kit Kat. Have you guys heard of this in uh, Berlin? Oh, isn't that where our friend went? Yeah, yeah yes, yeah, we do know. Yeah, we have her in some uh, oh, outfit shit. photos of her going there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I went there. Um, Got a little naked and um, I walk in and I saw, I, I'm not, I'm not a kink shamer by any means, but this girl was getting her ass lit on fire when I, as soon as I walked in, what, cool. do, you, what do you guys wow. think about that? Would you ever try getting your, your bee lit on, on fire? Well, not, not me. <laughs> no. It's not my thing either. You know, I, the, there could be a hair issue there for me too. <laughs> yeah, but... right, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, anybody that is a seasoned fire professional, like fire spinners or people like that, know how to light things on fire without actually hurting you. So mm -hmm. in that case, it would be okay. Okay. Nate? Yeah, I would totally get my ass on fire. Are you kidding me? That sounds awesome. Mostly because if I farted, it'd be a flamethrower. That's true. That's true. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, I would no. I think the hair problem though, if, on on a real note, would be yeah. I would I would torch my ass. You guys were talking about sex parties though. I was just in Joshua Tree last summer and I met these swingers at this. Uh, there's like this uh, nudist uh, like little camp in Joshua Tree. If you're ever out there, it's called Merakai. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, everyone just gets naked and you know it's it and it turns into like a sex party essentially. But they've been throwing sex parties in the desert of Joshua Tree. Which I think is so weird because can you imagine how much just desert sand gets in crevices you don't want it to? Right. <laughs> That's why you got to be on mushrooms. <laughs> you just pretend you're lizards. That's true. If you're on mushrooms. <laughs> writhing. Writhing. Yeah. That's cool. I man. have a question yeah. about drugs. If you're if people say that it's better to have sex on certain drugs, would you do? Would you get? Have you guys played with that before? Or would you try that? Would you suggest that for intimacy's sake and for actual feeling? Like people say it feels better, literally. Actually, no, we do not recommend that. And we have just for fun experimented with that. But here's the thing. To have truly great, amazing sex, you have to be 100% present and connected with your partner. You have to be paying attention to every little minute detail. If I'm having sex with Celine, I'm paying attention to what are her eyes saying? What is the color of her cheeks saying? What is the swelling of her labia saying? Like, I need to be paying attention to all of that stuff so I can make sure that we are really syncing and vibing together. And she wants that connection. She wants me to be there with her. And the problem with pretty much every substance is you're not really there. You're tripping out somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's a big problem. Yeah, we we tried with some uh, some weed because we're in California and it's legal. Right. Full disclaimer. Yeah, yeah I'm in LA. And, uh, <laughs> and so we we, uh, we we smoked some, then we had sex, and it actually wasn't as good. And I remember that during the uh, lovemaking, I kept trying to feel him and I couldn't feel him and I kind of needed harder sex to kind of feel something and I kept like missing that piece and it's only once I uh, kind of like winged off a bit and I was like well now I can feel things again the way I usually do so it actually made it less fun less intense and it's not something that I wanted to do again yeah it tends to numb you out it does. But I know for some people, they will use uh, a, a drug of some kind to get out of their heads and then they can get it quiet and that allows them to connect better. But I think ultimately, you don't need that. And if you always need to have a glass of wine to relax or smoke a joint or whatever your choice is, there's a bigger problem. And you need to actually work on that on reducing your stress level or increasing your level, your, your pleasure in your life or whatever else, because it's, it's just a crutch that you're using in order to, to have better sex, but it's not going to serve you in the end. Nice. Yeah. I, um, so I, I'm a newly single boy. Uh, I just want to know, do you guys have any, uh, like tips, like superpowers, like, all right, doctors hate him for this one simple trick, you know, like <laughs> that I can pull on someone or like any Tinder, uh, profile tips. <laughs> we we did do i think we've done at least one podcast episode on how to do a great uh online dating profile mm -hmm. um so we did have some tips there you know in general our tips really are to be yourself mm -hmm. 
And a lot of people are like, well, yeah, yeah, that would be great. Some, some, some tip, some superpower that is. But the reality is, is that so many people on those dating sites are presenting themselves as someone who they aren't really. Right. And that's a big letdown and a disappointment. It might get you a date, but it's probably not going to get you much further than that. Okay. Well, and then once you're on that date, you know, it's not so much about tricking or impressing. It's really about your ability to be present with a woman. And if you can be curious about her, that will go a long way rather than making it about you. If you can ask open-ended questions, meaning not just like, hey, what do you like? Do you like this? Like, you know, like things that continue a conversation, not just a short yes or no. Mm -hmm. And then the... uh, the magic magic words to ask a woman is, how does that make you feel? Ooh. All right. <laughs> Selena, how, how does that make you feel? <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> I, uh, I went on a date this one time. Um, I want you guys to know if this was like what I did wrong. Um, so before I go on a date, you know, or go out and meet people. I like, I like get ready and everything. I shave, I do my hair. Uh, my hair is like pretty wavy and curly and like thick. So it's like kind of a mess sometimes. Um, and then I like wear like four different outfits. I'm trying to find out like what looks good and like what colors match and everything. I'm like, okay, I got to look great. So I got to put on my best outfit. So I go out, I meet this girl at a bar and I'm wearing my, my go-to, right? It's like a green shirt. I got my khakis on, I got my little booties. And then, uh, and then the first time she saw me, she's like, oh, you need a haircut. What do you guys, how do you feel about that? Telling her, like, she just like, the first thing she says to me is not like, hi. She's like, oh, you need a haircut. I would say she's not the right woman for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I would say. Now, granted, if you were rather unkept and that's not the way that you normally prefer to be, she might have a point. But right. If, you know, kind of wavy, curly hair, being a little bit longish, a little bit, you know, slightly unkept but in that sort of cool masculine kind of way and that's mm-hmm. the way you like to rock it if she's not into it then she's not the right one for you see the thing is you should never be in a relationship where the person wants to change you right right so if she's looking at you and going well he's pretty good but um he's got to lose that green shirt <laughs> like the khakis are a hell no yeah <laughs> seriously get a haircut like if if that's the way she is then she's not the right woman for you because you're like man my green shirt is the shit and the khakis i'm rocking it in the hair like this is me man Mm -hmm. and if that's you then she's not the right one you guys are so nice i'm gonna cry i gotta call her right now uh we're getting married (laughs) next week so (laughs) yeah i got a lot of thinking to do um (laughs) So, uh, Nate, I have a question for you. Um, So you're a comedian and you've been doing comedy for a while. Um, Do you think before, like, do you think comedy helped you get girls? Like being a comedian, being up there in front of everyone. Do you think you attracted more women? Absolutely, dude. I think, think, uh, you know, I'm not the best looking dude and I'm okay with that, but I'm funny and charismatic. And I think mm-hmm. that goes a lot farther a lot of the time because if I can make someone laugh, I can, I can control their mind. No, oh. uh, but I, you know, no, but like I think I think it's really important to just like you know make people laugh and and being able to make girls laugh especially is I've always I've always had good luck with girls because I've been funny. 
That's good. And you know there's there's more to it than just making them laugh. What is there? What's the secret? Well, so if you're a comedian and you're up on stage, it takes quite a lot of balls to get up there on stage and put yourself out there. So what that shows is confidence. And women yeah. love confidence. So if you can get up there and rock it and own that stage and be confident and be funny, yeah, the women are going to love you. Can't wait to be in the bedroom. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. All right, cool. I got to do some stand-up comedy then. That's uh, my next step. Uh, <laughs> you can open up for me. Are you serious? I can. If you come, I have a show tomorrow. tomorrow. Uh, so <laughs> I didn't. I didn't hear. Yes, I'm. I'm doing it regardless. Okay, I'm going to the Mint tomorrow. Drive to LA. Yeah, I'll be there. Real quick. Um, so, and Kevin, do you have any? Um, yeah. What's up, Nate? Oh, I didn't say anything. Selena Kevin. Um, do you have any um uh, like sex party or like dating horror stories that you can tell with our fans? Horror stories. Yeah, like yeah, just some some crazy horror stories. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a ghost was involved. Maybe, Maybe a ghost. That's my next question. All right. A ghost story. Your but... Second cousin, all of a sudden. <laughs> no ghosts. No horror stories. No. No. I'm really, I'm really stretching to find a horror story. We, I have had really amazing experiences with all the sex parties, and even pretty much with dating. Wow. In general. Okay. Yeah, I um, I had this girl that I was seeing. Um, she was, she was really mean to me. I'm always like, I don't know. I always like go on dates with girls that are pretty mean. But like, I've had some really nice, nice girls too, and I'm always like friends with the mean ones afterwards. But uh. It's just like a clash of personalities, I guess. But um, I went on this date with this girl and I told her that like I like entertainment and like that's what I want to go into, um, like videos and stuff like that. And then she said like my life was like kind of worthless. I was like, oh, all right, cool, man. But then we were hooking up <laughs> and um, she like wanted to do like knife play like the first time. And I was just like, I don't know. I was really scared. Um how do you... you know what? Yeah. You did just remind me of a story. Yes. So this is probably our biggest horror story. All right. Ever. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. So we did go to a sex party. Uh, yeah. See, oh, all of a sudden yeah. you just remembered. It was the knife, it was the knife play all that right. reminded us. Okay. So this, you know, this was, we've been to you know quite a few sex parties and generally they're relatively tame. Sometimes they get into uh, a little bit of the BDSM realm, mm -hmm. but generally nothing to too you know weird or crazy you know people might get paddled a little bit tied up a little here or there you know asses on fire yeah <laughs> yeah that sort of thing but at this one particular one the, the space it was being held in was not that big so and there were quite a few people so you know you were in very close proximity to a lot of people and we grabbed basically the last spot left in the floor as far as you know where two people could fit and we just happened to be next to uh, this uh, threesome where she wanted basically a gang rape scene. Oh, wow. And these two were just, they were beating her. Oh, they, they had They had knives. They had um, uh, tasers. They were like going all out. And it was basically nearly impossible for us to really focus and like, be present with each other and make love and enjoy it because there was literally like, uh, if you didn't know any better, you yeah. think a crime was going oh on. Oh my gosh. 
this was actually the end of our sex parties. I said, I draw the line. This is yeah. it. I'm done with sex parties. <laughs> We're taking a break for an entire year. And, and that's what we did. from here on out. <laughs> 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 yeah. Get the candles. That's scary. Like, oh my that's gosh. Insane. What do you do after that? Like, you stand up. Like, like does a guy come out? He's got like a bell. He's like, sex party over. And then like everyone... <laughs> Everyone stands up. Yeah, everyone stands up, and then like it's a gong. She's got it's like a, gong. a bunch of like taser burns and like welts on her. She's like, "Hey, thanks, guys. That was really good. See you next week." Yeah, she was covered in black and blues already. Oh, that's oh, so sad, man. Like, Jesus. I mean, whatever. I mean, she's. I'm sure she's happy. I'm sure she, you know, she wanted that. So she did voluntarily ask for it. But you know, if you're not really into that that level of you know what I would consider violence, yeah. it's kind of hard to actually be around and witness. A hundred percent. And no, that shit's fucked up. <laughs> like, Colt, did Colt did Ellie ever tell you about um that guy that wanted to be eaten? Um, and so he found someone on Craigslist and he ate him. I th- I think she might have said. Can you tell us? Like get a- her on here for a nice little segment. I don't know anything about. It. I don't want to hear about at, that. At- <laughs> I just know, I know of it. Allie is Zach's wife, and she's um. She, oh yeah. We used to have yeah. a segment where she would talk about murders and stuff, but um. And then she had a baby, and it all went to shit. I I think it was uh. I'm just kidding. I think um, some guy yeah on Craigslist he wanted to eat someone or he wanted to be eaten, and then they ate, ate he him and then be eaten. And he yeah. matched with a guy who wanted to eat someone, and and they found each other, and it was true love. That is for true. about <laughs> ten minutes, and then he ate him. Yeah. Mm. Did he get the donut? Did he bring the donut out? <laughs> no, man. He made a donut out of the guy. <laughs> oh, okay. My uh, my friend, he goes to uh, so in San Diego, there's a place called the Bathhouse. Have you heard of this, Selena and Kevin? It's in downtown San no, Diego. Yeah, no. Um, so it is a um it's like a it's like a spa almost where um like uh like homosexuals can go and like men can go and just like have sex with each other and um they've been open they haven't closed down for the pandemic they've been open like the entire time i don't know how but he goes like every saturday and he texts me about it but like um i know poppers are a big thing have you guys ever experienced or experimented with poppers? Amyl nitrate poppers? Yeah. Uh, we, I'm aware <laughs> of what they are. We have never experimented with them. Um, Don't they? Like, okay, I, I'm not really familiar with what poppers are. They, they make your butthole loose, right? Yes, that is my understanding that they do relax the sphincter to make anal sex easier. Okay. I don't know. I was just curious. Like, I don't know. That seems so wild to me. Like, what are they going to come up with next? You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's slightly unfortunate that there does tend to be a lot of drug use in that community right um, one because of what we talked about earlier with being present and all that kind of stuff uh-huh. but two one of the reasons why there has historically been a uh, higher incidence of sexually transmitted diseases in that community is because of the drug use oh wow yeah that's that's insane I, I don't know. I haven't really had sex on drugs, just like alcohol and weed. But yeah, I don't really I don't really like it. Not a not a big fan of it. Yeah, I like being present. And weed make, gives you panic attacks. So like I'm just terrifying crying as I'm having sex. So yeah, that, that's that's Sorry. not a sexy look. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, maybe they're into it, you know. Um, Going back to like the like the rape scene. I'm sorry. I keep bringing this up, but like it's scary for like the like the the guys that were involved too. Like they were just willing and just like went full on into that, you know. 
I mean, we, this kind of a say, like, don't yuck somebody else's yum. So it means, you know, we all have different turn-ons and right. things that we enjoy. And this is totally fine. Um, you know, I'm definitely not into BDSM and, and violence. For me, there's like violence and there's sex. And to me, they shouldn't be mixed. But mm -hmm. I do understand that some people get a kick out of that and that's what they want right and i think that when you create a, what they call a scene a scenario where it's been spoken out in ahead there are boundaries there's safe words there's like all of this whole protocol that's put into place and it allows somebody to explore their sexuality fully i'm saying hey why not because it can be very empowering to go for what you want and experiment with it. However, the one thing to realize too is that when you're in a group setting, some people's yums and things that feel really good can be somebody else's like big turn off. So yeah. you have things that turn you on and things that turn you off. One thing that I learned from that experience is that for me, even watching this was a massive turn off. I was like, not wet at all, mm -hmm. not wanting to have sex. I was like, this is it. Like I'm like so close down. Right. And so that's when it becomes tricky when you are in a group setting. If even if you're just making love with your partner, it's just that you are exposed to other people who have different um, sexuality, different desires, different things that they enjoy. And sometimes it conflicts with yours. So it's a good learning experience. Sure. I do think that if you're into something more extreme, it's probably better to keep it in a really closed container so that it's just the people involved that get to experience and then nobody else has to deal with the repercussions. Mm -hmm. But um, that's part of the thing of being at a sex party is you do get to be exposed yeah. to a lot of different people. And that's part of the thing, being a voyeur and looking at things is part of the experience. Oh, wow. That's that's very, like, very um, well. I like how you call yeah. kinks yums. Cole, what are your yums? I, I, I That was going to be my next thing is like I, I want to unlock my yums, you know? Like I, I just like I want to be like scrolling through the hub one day, and then I see something. I'm like, oh, I just like a sense. Like I feel like it'll be bestowed upon me. But like I'm very, I'm pretty vanilla, honestly. I'll try anything, you know. I, I, I've witnessed some booty burnings. Um, but yeah, I'll try anything, and like if it, if it clicks, it clicks. But uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't found my yums yet, you know. What about we'll start. Let's start with your 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 safe word. What is your go to safe word? Uh, it's Tangelo. <laughs> Why? Well, that's good. That's not likely to come up randomly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I mean, I go between like keep going and uh, Tangelo, but I Tangelo I seem to stick with. Um, I wanted to ask you guys: uh, Do you role play at all? Um, not really. I mean, sometimes, but well, I'm trying to think. Like, do we really role play? Not so much. We're not like dressing up in cop outfits or like no. anything like that. But, but we play with each other's minds. Oh. So sometimes, you know, like, you know, if there's some words that you know, you know, that the other one, like more like dirty talking. Okay. So that would be how we do it rather than like put, putting on costumes and stuff. Uh, it's not really my thing. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with, with role playing. And I think it's a perfectly healthy thing for two people to do mm -hmm. or three people, however many <laughs> are involved. Yeah. It's a, it's a safe way to explore also with role playing. And then, you know, especially if you like, 
uh, let's say you're fantasizing about a threesome, but you're not in a relationship that's open. You could role play, bring in, uh, like you pretend there's somebody else and how you would behave and stuff. And that can oh, wow. give you an idea about how this could go. Uh, because, you know, there's a big difference between the things that you think could be really fun and exciting and the fantasies in your head versus the reality. And role playing can help you bridge that gap. And um, I'd say, like, try role-playing and see if you want to explore again. What is it that you like? What is it that you yeah, want to try out? And, you know, wow. Celine, you're, you're, you're bringing up a very important point here. This is a, a, a superpower tip for you yes. guys out there, which is that <laughs> just because a woman says she fantasizes about something does not mean she actually wants it. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> This is extremely important. Just because you have conversations or you role play and she's like, yeah, let's role play that we're having a threesome or that you're some other guy or this or that. And you're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. She wants a threesome. Oh, my God. How can I make this happen? Who can I call? Right? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means she wants to fantasize about it. And if she really wants it to happen, she will let you know that she really wants it to happen. Wow. Okay. Um. How what age um, do like kinks and uh, fantasies come about? Do you know? Like, have you guys researched that at all? Some people say that some of our things. I mean, most of our stuff get ingrained before the age of seven, mm-hmm. and so some fixations and things can happen because of that. Uh, whether it's like if you didn't have loving parents, didn't get any touch, or if somehow you found uh, solace in like. I don't know, like a weird toy. And then later on in life, you need rubber toys to help you feel good. I mean, I, I, with some of our clients, we've seen that happen. Oh, we have a perfect example from somebody very recently mm-hmm. where he had an experience where a woman let him suck on her breasts for like two hours. Wow. And he was loving it. And he said he had no idea that he would love doing that for so long. But after talking with him some more, turns out that he never breastfed as a child. Oh, wow. And he never had that connection with the feminine. And this was a way of sort of achieving that connection with the feminine that he didn't have when he was a child. Two hours, Jesus. That's, yeah, that's a long jaw. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kevin, your nickname is the Truth Warrior. How did you get that nickname? Yes. <laughs> or title Celine I think I think I bestowed it yeah on you bestowed you. that ah. one on me well for a couple of reasons one reason is I happen to do a lot of warrior type things so I'm a I'm a multidiscipline martial artist I'm a, a second degree black belt in traditional Japanese swordsmanship oh, wow. I'm a Muay Thai instructor I'm trained in basically all weapons use, uh, firearms, all types of firearms, that Including sort of thing. The so, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so that coupled with you know my desire to really uh, expose and share truth, no matter where it comes from. So in other words, it could be in the realm of sexuality, but it could be in the realm of geopolitics or anything else, mm-hmm. uh, health and fitness. If there's something that is being withheld or maybe not being said honestly my whole life i've always just been the guy to go uh wait a minute that's not true and here's what's really the truth and so somehow that's how she came up with that nickname i love it that's amazing i wish i was more like that where like i would speak up like someone i know is saying something wrong i'm like all right well just uh i know i know i'm right you know what i mean like 
happens at work all night. Non-confrontational people you'll ever meet. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So what happened you know. when we were seven? Where I'm not confrontational. I probably got yelled at for something, but I yelled at you a lot. Yeah. Um. So you are a martial artist. That's insane. I love it. Yeah. I uh, I really want to learn how to like fight. I do. You still practice it? I do, and I still teach it. And you know, I I recommend. There's many different martial arts out mm-hmm. there. There is. And, you know, because some people, for instance, you know, I did Muay Thai for many, many years and still doing Muay Thai, which is Thai kickboxing. Yeah. And Thai kickboxing is a very in your face. It's like one of the things that makes it stand out from other forms, uh, especially like American kickboxing, is that uh, Thai kickboxing uses elbows and knees. And so basically what we try to do is use the hardest parts of our body to hurt you right? The strongest, hardest, most solid bones we have, how can we use those to hurt you? And so it's just a very in your face, like just power kind of a martial art, as opposed to say something like Aikido, which is more about redirecting energy. Wow. So you you come at me with an attack and I'm not going to meet your force with greater force. Mm -hmm. I'm going to redirect your force in another direction, right? But Muay Thai is, I'm just going to brute force, overpower you and hurt you, right? And so... (laughs) So for many years, um, people didn't really want to train with me because they're like, Muay Thai, they're like, no way, man. <laughs> I don't want to get hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, do you think that transferred into sex, you being a a uh, a master at the mixed oh, art? Oh, yeah. He's a master with his sword. Oh, <laughs> lead. All right. Well, I'll give you I'll give you one example of that. So I am also a second degree black belt in uh, traditional Japanese swordsmanship. Wow. And we train with live swords, like real cut you in half swords. Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting about that is it requires really an incredible amount of focus to not hurt yourself or anyone else in training. So, you know, we, we're, we're training in a dojo that's not very big and there could be 10 people on the floor and at least half of them are senior enough level that they're swinging real swords around and you're spinning and moving and swinging swords around. I mean, if you even nick somebody with it, you know, you could chop an arm off. So it just requires a lot of focus and knowing where your body is at all times and where that like the sword has to become an extension of your body. Yeah. so You know where it is at all times. And that level of focus really does uh, transfer to basically everything else that you do in life. And I think sex is the perfect place to utilize that kind of focus. Cause as we talked about earlier, that's what women want. They want that focus. Right. They want you to be connected to them and they want to know that you're there and that you are aware of everything. Like if, if I press a little bit too hard on her with my pubic bone, or if I put too much pressure here, or if I grab her a little too hard, like I need to be aware of all of those things. Damn, I need to learn. That's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, cool. You're over here hurting people. <laughs> Celine, focus. Celine, um, what uh, what do you do in your free time? Like, has like, have you picked up anything during uh, COVID? Like, that transfers well into sex, or just like any hobbies that you've been doing besides, you know, have you contracted COVID? Well, I practice a lot of sex, so it's very important like to practice this with Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all, all jokes set aside, uh, I've actually picked up knitting. I've been oh. having a lot of fun uh, knitting scarves and headbands, and I'm about to uh, knit a 
top and stuff. And uh, I love baking and being in the kitchen. So it's been a great year just getting my creativity totally unleashed. Right. And how does that translate to the bedroom? Yeah. Let me tell you about creativity. Creativity is the same energy than your sexual energy. Energy is energy, whether it's creative, creation. You know, creation is like you can make a baby or you can make things in life. And so when you are in touch with your creative energy, that allows your life force to flow through you. That allows you to feel alive and turned on and have like libido. And so the more you give yourself permission to feel that, the more it translates into having a healthy sexual appetite as well. That explains a lot. Like... I don't know. I like to. I like to think I'm. I'm a creative boy, and uh, I'm probably like at a horny level ten constantly. So <laughs> I think that. I think that's where I get it from. Um, why? Why do you guys think that? Um, like sex is so frowned upon in the U.S. Because Celine, you are you. You're not from the U.S. originally, are you? Correct. I'm from Switzerland. Switzerland. Okay. And um, what did you think? Like coming from Switzerland, like you guys can show like boobs and commercials over there. And like, I think I saw a Swiss, um, a Swiss commercial. There's like a, it was like a phone commercial with a dude's wiener was in it the whole time. And, uh, <laughs> and then you come over here and you, you can't even show like people smoking anymore. Like what, what do you think you about know, that? It's interesting because I do think that in America we use sex to sell everything. And at the same time, people are so prude. Yeah. So there's kind of like this, uh, double like standard in a way. Um, and for sure, we are much more open and relaxed about just nudity and being in our bodies, okay. I think, in many areas in Europe, which which helps because then, I mean, the one good thing is that it gives us a lot of clients. Lots of people have shame. Lots of people right. have, like, don't feel good in their bodies. And then they're like, they want to. They want to learn, like, hey, how 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 can you talk about sex without any problem? Like, how can you how can I be more like you? So then they, this is really good because I can help them because I don't have hangups about that. But for sure, I do see it in this country, and I think that the more people give into this, the more it will continue. People should just stop, and it's like understand that. Being naked it doesn't mean that you want to have sex. It's like nakedness and their sexuality, and they don't have to go together. We can normalize things. We can normalize sexuality as well. The more we repress it or we put it in a special little compartment, mm -hmm. the more issues we are going to experience as a society. Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't know. It's it's sad. Like I I heard that um that men getting circumcised like in the u.s especially like it's to prevent masturbation do you guys hear about that the uh well, wasn't it the kellogg guy was it kellogg the, the kellogg it? guy created the cornflakes because <laughs> it's a it does not make you i mean it basically so, gives you empty carbs that make you not want it was to an old folks home and the old folks were getting a little busy <laughs> And he didn't like that. Oh. So he tried to come up with the most bland food <laughs> thing. And he believed that that bland food would kill their libido and prevent them from getting a little funky in the old folks' home. That explains so much. Zach loves cornflakes. And he is like the <laughs> oldest man I've ever met. Like he's just the he, most vanilla, boring piece of shit you've ever met. He won't even eat it. Cornflakes. He won't even consider eating a butt, you know? What do you guys think about that? Like <laughs> it's, a, it's a new craze now is eating ass. Have I'm you kidding though? I, I hate cornflakes. They're fucking gross. But he loves eating. But ass. I, I, I don't really want to eat a ass. Um, I, I don't. 
Tossing um, someone's salad. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Thank, <laughs> you. No, thank you. You know, it can be actually pretty pleasurable, but you got to time it. Yeah. yeah. So it's not, you know, it's my, it would be something you would do fresh out of the shower, you mm -hmm. know, not, not, not maybe after a long day of sweating and whatever else, but there actually are thousands of nerve endings mm -hmm. around the anus. Mm -hmm. And so it actually can be quite pleasurable for people. I like it, but I just have to get out of my head, like, because it's always a fear, like, oh my gosh, have I showered well enough? So it's like, if I know I've showered, I can relax into it. And there's something pretty interesting about it because it's not something you do a lot. So when it happens, yeah. it's kind of like kinky or exciting and it amps up the pleasure for sure. Mm -hmm. The other, but I don't, I, not sticking really the tongue in. It's not really my thing. I know some people like it, but just more kind of like licking around the anus. Oh. I like when you say it is. That, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, Case closed. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I've had my ass eaten twice. Okay. Um, it was like my birthday and then just another time. But the, I don't know. I, the first time I think it was two in my head, I was like, oh God, this is weird. Like, this is really weird for me. And then the second time it was wild, you know, like i i recommend it you guys should uh <laughs> absolutely yeah, it, give it a try it's crazy um <laughs> and stick a finger up your butt too because it can feel really good i did not like i had i, I had to figure out my butt uh recently and um i don't know i didn't like it at all like we used we used lube and everything and like i was like sitting there and i had to figure my butt like <laughs> used lube. i was like all right okay. i can't do this hole. like I'm, I'm out pull out pull out yeah it was gross i felt like yeah okay. i didn't like that Oh, you know, it can be super pleasurable. You just got to be in the right frame of mind. You got to be ready and it's got to be slow. If you didn't like it, it probably went a little too fast. Now, did you couple it with like uh, like penis massage at the same time or with just like a, a finger up the butt? I mean, it depends on the scenario. But uh, if it's done properly and then you also hit the prostate, mm -hmm. it's a jackpot. Okay, so <laughs> is it the same thing with the like a woman's G-spot? The men, yeah. like where it's just like you feel it and you're like, okay, there it is. You're like, they do sometimes area. call the prostate the male G spot. Right. Mm -hmm. um, well, here's, yeah. here's the thing like with guys, um, it, it can go really three ways. Number one, it can be really painful because uh, people hold a lot of tension. You know, the expression tighten the ass, right? Tight butts. Uh, so the more tension you have, the more uncomfortable. And it means you weren't relaxed enough. You went too fast. It can be dormant, just like the women uh, G-spot where she doesn't feel anything or nothing's awakened because it takes a little bit of time mm -hmm. for uh, sensations to, to, to awaken. And for most people, it takes at least three to four times of uh, stimulation on their prostate before they really start to feel something and then for some if you're lucky it could be highly pleasurable from the start but it's not most people's experience in my experience and i've done like thousands of prostate massage by by now uh -huh. and it, it really takes a while for it to awaken and it takes to feel comfortable and safe and it takes enough times like i said at least probably three or four times and then if you can also connect different pleasure pathways meaning if your cock feels really good when it's being stroked and you stroke your prostate, you're starting to link something that feels pleasurable with something else so that things can start to connect. Oh, damn. Okay. Wait a minute. I, I just remembered. Didn't didn't you two have uh, Kamara Sami on your show at one point? Oh, my God. They totally did. 
Yeah. Uh, yes, we did. Yes, we did. Brendan Kamara song. Brendan. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. How did he react to all this? Yeah. Did he talk about all this? He, How did he react? He closed his ears and just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I started in my mom's basement. I can't. Yeah. I don't know. That's his line. But um, he's a sweet boy. And we found out he's like a straight up virgin. Did he mention that to you guys? Oh my gosh, we need to have him back on the show. He did not tell us that. We did ask him what his best sexual talent was because we asked all. Oh of God! Us. Wait, what did he say? <laughs> was it masturbation? No, no, I think it was. Commu- I think it was communication. It was. Right? That's what he said. It was communication. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Of course, <laughs> it was Tommy, bro. <sighs> but that—that's why we had him on the show because we had him on the show to really talk about how to communicate, like how to really up level your communication yeah. with your partner and your relationship. So we didn't yeah, get too graphic into the sex stuff. <laughs> oh man, friend, he's—he's he's missing out because I'm having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not far off from Kamara Sami. I've, I've had sex one time in my life, and I got a daughter to prove it. <laughs> Only once. Okay, do it more. But he's had fingers in his butt. That's what he said. Like he hasn't had sex. Yeah, like, my, wife, my wife tries to do, do that to me about like ten times a day. I'd say I won't let her. So I'll be just, <laughs> you know, I'll be washing dishes right up behind me. Mm-hmm. Babe, stop! I saw this. I saw this um, old show. It was on Spike. Um, it was like a thousand ways to die. Have you guys heard of this show? <laughs> No. no. Um, I know exactly what you're going to say. So basically, there's a, it's a show on Spike uh, where it's uh, it shows a thousand ways to die. And it's like number and it's like, here's the the carrot top. I don't know. Like they always give it stupid names. And they explain how this person died. I think 90% of it was fake. But this girl, she was uh, she's feeling a little frisky. So she went to the store and she got a carrot to masturbate with. And she was putting this carrot inside of her. But apparently it like scraped something and poked an air bubble and she the air bubble went up into her throat and she choked on it is that possible no that's not how it went how did it go she saw a hot guy she was good she was getting her groceries she saw a hot guy at the store you never remember anything right ever (laughs) she saw a hot guy at the store and she was holding a carrot and she got all horny so she took the carrot home she she uh what do you not shaved it but you know peeled peeled the edges off make it made it all smooth Uh, her vagina she missed a little spot no the carrot okay you sick fuck okay what was your trelawney what was your safe word troblone oh it's tangelo tangelo's tangelo you should know by now it's our safe word i mean all right go ahead oh god (laughs) that's that's gross anyway uh yeah she she took the carrot home shaved it and uh masturbated with it and it scraped her uterine wall and then the air bubble got in and it went into her heart and gave that's her exactly heart what back. i said dude if you said she choked on an air bubble nobody chokes on an air her bubble. heart did her heart choked on it oh my god I, okay let, let's talk about sure some anatomy one. things number no, one bullshit. Th- there's a cervix the cervix is kind of a door you can't go into the uterus because the cervix will stop you thank you so <laughs> Um, I don't think, like, I don't understand, like, either she had a big problem or it's just not physiologically She would have to go so deep and hit an actual, like, major blood vessel Uh, or artery in order for an air bubble to get in there. Like, the little capillaries, that ain't going to do it. Yeah, and then, I mean, the the, the way the cervix open is from the uterus into the, uh, the vagina. Like, it's for a baby to come out. It doesn't go the other way. This is why, I mean, if you put a tampon, if you put a, a, a penis, like it does, there's a way where it ends. The cervix will end this. You can't go into the you uterus. Bottom out. You bottom out. Exactly. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh, my God. 
Oh, I love you guys. This is great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what about like, why are there so many phallic fruits? Do you think that's by design? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nature, nature is so erotic. Seriously? I mean, just, yeah. Nature repeats patterns all over the place. Uh-huh. When it finds a, when it finds a design that works, nature tends to stick with it. <laughs> wow. It, just enjoy them. Is it true that bees, when they have sex, they die? I don't know. Because I don't know if that's true. Either. You guys should look into that. It's <laughs> science right there, right? We, right. we haven't well. had any uh, insect clients yet, but we'll look into that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, we're, we're reaching towards the end of the show. Um, I always ask every guest, Nate, did you come back yet? Because you've been God. I don't know. He's been having Mike. We lost him. Yeah. We lost Nate. So speaking of ghosts, all right. Oh, he just disappeared again. I, um, I want to ask you guys, do you have any ghost stories or alien stories? We ask every guest this. Oh, we have an alien story. Oh, um, <gasps> yeah. Um, it was like two years ago. We went to L.A. for the Disclosure Festival. Mm-hmm. Oh, and um, we were in that place and there were some people doing some alien calling things. And I think I saw a spaceship. I mean, it was not, it, 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 we saw three of them actually. They were at some point in the sky. Yeah, wow. that's true. They, they were. And what was interesting about them is if you're into UFOs at all and you're aware of sort of how they tend to work in, in the sky, they will appear in one place and then disappear and instantly appear in a completely different spot in the sky and where there's no way any sort of conventional aircraft could go fast enough from that point in the sky to the other point in the sky. Like you could say, oh, they turned the light off and then they turned it back on, but you couldn't get that far across the sky that quickly. And so, yeah, we're pretty sure we saw some UFOs that day. You, yeah. you saw it too, Kevin? Yes. Oh, that's... yeah. That's wild. I uh, there was a crowd of people standing there, staring at it for like an hour. I remember mm-hmm. seeing uh, videos um, from LA that uh, there's like a Jenna Marbles. Her her and her boyfriend saw it. They were on top of a parking garage and they were like recording um, some alien UFOs and stuff. But uh, that's we were there. <laughs> so, so you guys, you guys believe in aliens? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do too. I believe like I don't know. I don't know if they came and visited us, but like I mean the the actually the Air Force they confirmed that they did come and visit us yes yes they did the the u.s navy actually um officially confirmed that ufos do exist and they've done it twice now the first time was in 2019 and they just released more video very recently oh my gosh it's so cool to me i love it i love like paranormal and supernatural stuff like that um and you guys don't have any ghost stories at all um, I have one ghost story where um, I was in New Zealand because that's where I learned English when I was 18 and I was in the, in the house I was staying at mm-hmm. and I started climbing up the stairs and there was a dog and the dog started to bark like crazy and there was a mirror and when I looked in the mirror, I saw like a man and when I turned back, it was gone. Oh, wow. So there are a lot of weird thing in that house. And I had another dream. I was in this blue room and I had somebody come to visit me and tell me that he got killed here. And I was just like, that was a little spooky. Uh. It was, I'm not sure. There are weird vibes. I did not like to be alone. Yeah. And I'm telling you, the dog was barking like crazy. That's how I know it was real because they can see things, mm-hmm. even though like we don't always the same, but like I felt something, the energy was different. I saw something in the mirror that disappeared and the dog was going like crazy. Oh, that's so scary. Ugh. 
<laughs> yeah. I I love hearing ghost stories. Like I feel like everyone has a ghost story, you know? Um, Zach, did you no, you didn't have a ghost story recently. It was my friend. He had a kid um recently and his apartment, he heard like a bunch of banging coming from his uh his kid's room. So he went in there to see like if what his kid was doing and he um he like was like, Hey, what are you doing? He's like, No, and then the kid was all scared and he like got in bed with him and then um I don't know. The the kid was not banging on the wall. That's what I'm trying to get at. He was someone, something was banging on the wall in there and like they both heard it and they both like freaked out and just left the house. But I told that story totally fucking wrong. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, good stuff, man. We just had a guy on a couple weeks ago talking about like demons and aliens and stuff like that. And I, I don't know. I don't really believe in like to his extent, but I like, I want to believe you know, and like Bigfoot and all that stuff like that. Paranormal, supernatural. Yeah, yeah I don't know about Bigfoot. Aliens definitely exist <laughs> and demons definitely exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is there any... Oh, wait a minute now. Hold, hold. Yeah. We're not putting a pin in that. Let's, let's hear a demon story. What's that all about? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know that I have any personal stories of, of battling with actual demons, oh. but... Sorry, okay. <laughs> but uh, you know, when when we talk about you know uh, positive and negative energies, um, I do believe that they definitely exist, and I do believe that there are other dimensions where you know there can potentially be crossover. I, if there were like a demon battle and to fight demons, Kevin, I think you'd be my first pick. You got, you got he's, a, he's a sword master and then we, you got Waji the other guy he fights him with his mind I think that's the way to go I would just zombies for sure you know. zombies yeah do you guys have a zombie <laughs> survival plan <laughs> not yet but we might now <laughs> lots, lots of ammo and swords for when the ammo runs out yeah right <laughs> um okay so I have some uh some listener questions that just came through um so I have a Girl, she is going to um, school right now to become a sex therapist. Uh, do you guys have any advice uh, for newbies in the field? Good question. Have sex. You know, I would say, <laughs> well, you know, experimentation is always a good idea, right? Because it's one thing to, to learn about something in a book. It's another thing to have actually experienced it. Yeah. The other thing I would say is to really just keep an open mind because there are a lot of people who are sex therapists who really kind of just stick to the very, very basic idea of what sex should be. And honestly, that definition doesn't work for everybody. So if you really want to be really good at your job as a sex therapist, keep an open mind. Yeah. Okay. Um. And how does external stress in your life affect your sex? It does a lot of that because when you have high stress level, you have cortisol and that inhibits the production of all the other hormones and your estrogens and your oxytocin, testosterone. your testosterone if you're men. And there's a strong correlation. The higher stress level you experience, the less libido and sexual you will feel so it's really important to know how to reduce stressors and reduce that and i've noticed this because for the past few weeks i've been really actively uh, working on 
working less and <laughs> and uh, relaxing and just like just bringing in more of that like distressing and it was interesting because a few times we've had sex in that time and i was able to come really quickly access my orgasms and was much more um just kind of in the mood and that's a discussion we we're having the other day in our morning walk where i was like have you noticed like there's a difference like i'm ready faster i can come more easily it just helps to have lowered the stress levels yeah and we we call stress the boner killer oh yes, yeah right? because the more stressed you are the harder it is to actually have an erection and mm -hmm. it's well documented and it's really it's hormonal as as celine said which is stress creates cortisol the release of, of cortisol and that will decrease your testosterone so that will absolutely affect your ability to have erections and your desire as well okay can confirm <laughs> can confirm <laughs> oh um how does uh sexually active oh how does sex how does being sexually active as a child influence you into adulthood well it really depends on your relationship with your sexuality as a child because some people had the most amazing experiences where they felt that it was sacred it was amazing they got to learn their body they got in touch with this powerful force and they could activate it and they felt good other people had something very different where they got shamed and repressed and judged and they thought that it was the worst thing and they fought it their whole childhood. So uh, it all depends basically the programming you've received and in the upbringing. Okay. Um, well, uh, two more questions for you. I'm so sorry. Uh, this one, he says, <laughs> why does uh, sex feel so mediocre like you're just going through the motions? Because you're not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh. Sorry, but yeah, that's the truth. If sex feels mediocre, like you're just going through the motions, then you're not doing it correctly. Yeah. 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 Expand your thinking. Work with us. We can teach you how to take it to the next level. If the only sex you've done and you've learned is what you've watched in porn or uh, the very, very bad sex education you've gotten, it's probably not going to be good enough. And so it's time to start to rethink things about sex and how you approach it. And so it, changed, it, it starts with how you think about sex, how you do sex, and then it can get much better. What do you guys think about porn? Um, I The same girl that made fun of my hair uh, told me to get a haircut. She said um, she works like in the medical field, and she said the biggest cause of ED is porn. It is one of the bigger causes of ED. There's there's many causes of ED, but it is potentially one of the causes. And our stance on porn is this. Like anything else, it can be used in a healthy way and it can be used in an unhealthy way. So you can use porn in a healthy way, which is every once in a while you watch it a little bit or maybe, maybe you and your partner will watch a little bit just to kind of get the mood going and then you'll turn it off and then go make love. Mm -hmm. Or it can be used in an unhealthy way where you're using it every single day. You're spending way too much time on it. Uh, it can also train you if you're a guy, it can train you with poor masturbation habits that will affect your ability to last longer. Um, it can desensitize you uh, so that, you know, you're used to all these super hot women with big boobs and perfect asses and all this stuff. And they want all this dirty things, right? And then in your real life experience, mm -hmm. the women don't look like that and they don't want the same things. And so you're not attracted to them. So uh, there's, a, there's a lot of potential downsides with it as well. And so we just caution people, 
you know, don't overuse it, don't abuse it, don't allow it to come to the point of addiction. And if you're starting to notice any of those problems, stop. And remember, porn is entertainment. Yeah. Not reality. Right. What do you guys think about uh like the sex education in America? We kind of touched on this like a little bit earlier, but um it's not there. Like we don't have we teach abstinence, which is just like dumb. Like you shouldn't they like some schools only teach abstinence, you know? They don't even touch like sex. And then most of people like they learn from porn on like how to have sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is sad because porn is the worst place to learn how to be good at sex. Porn sex is not real sex. Right. If you want to hear that straight from one of the biggest all-time male porn stars, go find our uh, Love Lab podcast episode on uh, how to make love like a porn star or not. Yeah, we had Eric Everhart Ooh. on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and what he'll tell you is that what you see in porn is not how you actually make love. It's done so that you can get good camera angles yeah. and make interesting shots. And he, he said himself, he's like, he's like, I would never make love that way to a woman not on camera. He's like, but you're in these awkward positions and it's like half the time it doesn't even feel that good. Right. And, you know, so do not learn how to be good in bed by watching porn. Now, on the other end, which is the sex education piece it's really a disservice to young people that we do not teach proper sex ed in this country. And unfortunately, because we don't, it leads to a lot of problems that need to be corrected later on as adults when it's much harder to correct those problems. Yeah. I, uh, I have a question about, uh, the, the porn star that was on your show. Um, did you guys ask him why, porn directors uh why they switch to that angle where it's like the guy's asshole and grundle and like ball sack like why is that no one needs that well we did not ask him that question specifically so i'm speculating here but uh remember well maybe maybe you're not aware of this but actually there is a huge increase in the number of females now watching porn i Okay, I, I don't I don't deny that. Uh, Celine, what do you think of a male asshole and grundle and ball sack? Let's not I think look, I I just don't think it's attractive. That might I think objectively it's not a pretty sight. <laughs> what do you think, Celine? Like would it cut wait, is that Nate? Am I back? <laughs> what the hell? Where have you been? Oh my god, he's back from for just this specific this question. This is really good. That, that like Rundle just looks like ET's face, just all the folds and stuff. Yeah, exactly. You're trying to phone home with his nutsack, bro. Yeah. So, Celine, you gotta back me up here. What do you think about Grundles? Well, it wouldn't be my first choice for a uh, a close up. Let's put it this way, but you know. <laughs> Well, you know, the next time we have a porn star on, I will make sure that we ask that. Well, please do. CC me as well, please. Like, that's uh, it's the hard hitting question I've always wanted to know. Um, we had a porn star, Rebecca Love, on, and it made me want to become a porn star and have an OnlyFans. You guys, okay, Selena, Kevin, do you guys have an OnlyFans? We do not. Are you thinking about getting one? There's so much money in OnlyFans now. Well, I guess we will have to consider that. Yeah, you should do like donuts and stuff. You could do like MMA stuff too. Like, 
Oh my gosh, you could have really with good your fun wiener, with like are, I think it'd be fun. <laughs> Check out my OnlyFans. You'd make a ton of money. <laughs> Check out my OnlyFans. You have an OnlyFans? Can you imagine if I did though? No, I don't. I used to know this it girl. Would just be butthole, grundle, and this... balls. <laughs> I used to know this girl who would sit on me. By the way, Cole. Yeah. I would say if you're interested in becoming a porn star, go listen to that episode because he'll tell you what the requirements to be a porn star are. I know. And it's a lot harder than you think. I know. And it's not just size. I know. They call me the they call me shortstop, all right? <laughs> not only do I have a micro, I crumb in about like 0.2 seconds. They call me the quickest quickest crumb in the West. That's what they say. Um but uh have you guys <laughs> Have you guys ever tasted it though? Like your own little, your own batter? Oh my god! I'm curious. <laughs> you wait. Okay, he's tried it. I've tried mine. No, no. Tried my own juices. Uh, Kevin, you've tried yours. I'm gonna oh, throw yeah, the fuck up. What is it? I'm like, I don't know. It's it's like I couldn't do it. I can't bring myself. To do it. Well, if you expect her to swallow, you have to at least have tried it once. I'm scared. What if I taste it? I taste it, and then like my arm starts like bubbling up, and then it grows, and he's like, "You ate me," and then it's like my kid, and then I have like a little berry on my arm, and he's like talking to me, like, "Is that is that possible? Is that scientific?" I, I'm pretty sure that will happen, Kevin. You're not a doc. Cool. If you taste yeah, your own you're, you're just gonna give yourself AIDS. My my ET loves it. Okay, I feed it to him. Um, Nate, so where you been? Have you you've been listening? I've to been masturbating time, right? to this whole podcast, actually. <laughs> Good for you. Me too, man. That's why I didn't turn the video yeah. on. Um, I, Good job. It's been over an hour. Good way to go. Yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to practice for the uh, you know the bang bus that I'm applying to, but. Uh, <laughs> Nate, do you have any closing questions for uh, Selene and Kevin? I have, uh, I have this. So actually, it's it's funny enough that you guys uh, that I came on today because my friend was just showing me uh, this thing. There's a sex therapist. Let me see if I could find this really quick. He is, um, he is a Asian sex therapist, like who is like the 72 year old man, and he promotes the idea that men can orgasm without coming. Of course. Oh, of course they can. Well, they do it all the time. Wait, Kevin, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kevin. Well, you're, you're probably referring to yes, that's from, yes, 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 I am. <laughs> so I started to understand. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. So uh, ejaculation and orgasm are two separate things. Most men don't realize that because they tend to happen at the same time for most people, unless you've learned to separate them. But yes, oh you can. Absolutely, as a man, have multiple orgasms without. How do you ejaculate. do this? What, what is what is yeah yeah what is the the technique? Asking for a friend. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. for this one simple. Thing. <laughs> Holy shit! I was gonna say that the technique is go to powerandmastery.com and we'll teach you the whole thing. We've got a whole course on oh, that. But oh. really, ultimately. The one thing is, number one, to have awareness. If you don't know you can separate them, then you won't even try. And number two is probably would be relaxation. Yeah. And well, we also teach a mindful masturbation practice, which teaches you how to masturbate in a way that will start to slowly bring you closer and closer to that point until one day when it actually happens and you go, hallelujah, I did it. <laughs> Kevin, 
do you store your power in your ponytail? Because I'm pretty sure if, once you get a ponytail, you achieve the power to orgasm without touching yourself. I'm almost there. I'm growing it out. <laughs> I'll never and, achieve right, that. I'm bald, so. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Sorry, bro. No. I have like a mini, a mini ponytail right now, so I can kind of do it. I get a little bit of a drib, but like it's not there yet. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Keep going. Take uh, some time. Yeah, <laughs> I'll practice. I just that's uh, man. Um, Nate, any more questions? That was a good question. I wish I, I wish I could keep going. Uh, well, like, uh, <laughs> what about what about edging? Is that good or bad? It's great. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's part of the the practice that we're talking about. The idea. Okay, of that's what I thought. Is, yeah. you bring yourself close to that point, but you don't allow yourself to go over. And if you keep doing that, you will eventually be able to go longer and longer and longer without actually ejecting. Damn, I got it. And edging works for women too, by the way. Most people shortcome literally themselves. They go for their first orgasm as quickly as possible without building up enough energy. And it's just like a little sneeze that happens, genital sneeze. Okay, it felt good, but it was short-lived. If you would take more time to build things up and uh, get up and down on your arousal scale and on your excitement level, once you are ready to orgasm, if you want to, and like I'm talking for the women here, it's going to be so much stronger. Yeah, women's women's energy and orgasms build and become more powerful the longer they go. I'm taking down notes. Yeah, me too. I uh, <laughs> I um, I love that you called it a genital sneeze. That's instead of coming, that's uh, what I'm calling it now. Like, so you're, gonna <laughs> you're gonna make me genital sneeze. Yeah, I love it. I wish it made a noise like that. Can you imagine if your if your penis or your vagina was just like. Ah! <laughs> yeah right mine just like it's like wah, wah, wah. that's that's mine <laughs> unfortunately yeah i got an edge um so celine and kevin is there anything you guys wanted to plug before we wrap up well um you can uh listen to us in the love lab podcast anywhere where you can listen to podcasts if you love what we just shared and want to have more orgasm deeper intimacy we've got the passion vault it's our exclusive library for better sex and you can find it at celineremy.com forward slash vault um you'll get on our list you get tons of free content and offers that you won't find anywhere else it's worth being on it and then if you want to follow us we're on social media on instagram facebook Interest YouTube, and we use um, Celine Remy Love and uh, as our uh, hashtag or whatever it's called. I'm not very. Uh... And if you want to learn to separate your orgasms from your ejaculation, or you need help getting uh, harder, stronger erections, or you just want to learn to be a master in the bedroom, check out our Power and Mastery courses at PowerMastery.com. I love it. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, this is great, and uh, yeah, I really hope to have you guys on again. Oh, yeah, that'd be a pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having us. It was actually really fun. Oh, fun. good. I'm so <laughs> glad. All right. <laughs> We're down for part two. Yes. Awesome. All right. Thank you, guys. Extended orgasms. <laughs> we'll get Kumarasami back on here, and you can oh my God, yeah. coax him into orgasming on the show. I'll get Kumarasami and you guys on here, and then we can have a powwow. I love it. All right. Let's <laughs> do it. All right, All right guys. Have a great Wednesday. Thanks, Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. See you later.
penis. 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 Micropenis. The micropenis. Cock. Penises. Dick. Penis. Penis is head of the penis. I giggle at vagina. It's all love. It's all love. I'm sorry. I was, I was horrified.